a whole lot of really impactful basketball across the Big Ten. If you missed any of it, we got you covered. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the new official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts at Locked On Big Ten. One zero when you're typing it out at the end, not T-E-N. That's the same across Twitter on YouTube, and of course, wherever you get your podcasts too. I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into two of the biggest results from over the week here in the Big Ten. Maryland upsets Indiana in what was a winning streak for the Hoosiers, turns into their first loss in a while. We'll figure out how exactly that happened. And also, Purdue takes over against Penn State. Blowout win for the Boilermakers. But what can Penn State take away from the loss? We'll talk about that here in Locked On Big Ten. Let's start, though, with the first game I want to get to in the biggest game maybe of the week, not including the weekend and, of course, the Saturday matchup between Purdue and Indiana. An Indiana game with Maryland that was primed to be an upset. The Terrapins came into the game despite being unranked in Indiana, number 21 in the country. Maryland came in as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and Maryland took the game. Covered the spread, 66-55 to the final score, and... That score indicative of what we've seen a lot in the Big Ten. So maybe not the best basketball, but still pretty competitive basketball too. In Indiana's case, you have yourself going back to the form that had lost you games before, which is that Trace Jackson Davis did just about everything, and nobody else was really able to surround him in this loss against Maryland. 18 points and 20 rebounds is really, really good on a stat line for Trace Jackson Davis. He continues to be at that All-American level. But when you have a guy like Jalen hood Shafino, who you're really depending on to make shots, going one for 14 from the field, that's a recipe for a loss every single time. And, and I would say normally that this is a bit of a freshman move by him just to keep on shooting when it's not working. Normally, I would say a mature college basketball player would try to start passing more, try to get himself involved in other ways. But Indiana needs his shooting. I don't know if they need him shooting 14 times when he's only going to make one, but the idea that he can just stop shooting and hand that off to someone else, that's kind of what the problem has been for Indiana this season. There has not been that kind of consistent someone else to hand it off to when Trace Jackson Davis is doing the only things that Indiana is doing good on the court. There are games where he is able to make other players better, but there are also games like this one where it seems like no matter what he tries, he can't get the rest of the roster involved in the way that it needs to be to get the win. I'm not sure exactly what the answer is. I'm not exactly sure what the problem is. Is it that Indiana's really good and it was just a game in which they couldn't get things done? Or is it that Indiana's just really good when it's playing against the defenses that it can man up with and beat physically? And it just so happens that when it plays a good defense, like a Maryland team, it's going to falter a bit. I don't know what the answer is. I want to believe the eye test is telling me that this Indiana team is legit good. And to be fair, one for 14 isn't something that's going to happen every night out. They only lost by 11 points despite playing a pretty poor game. It was, I mean, 55 points scored is not exactly what you're looking for out of this Indiana basketball team. 
I'm not totally worried about the Hoosiers right now. You did have the stats going in Maryland's favor that helped them win this. Fouls 20 to 12 in favor of Maryland. Free throws 29 to 12 in favor of Maryland. So you could argue if you're an IU fan that this wasn't exactly the most evenly called game. But that's 10 free throws made for IU to 15 for Maryland or 25 for Maryland, 15 more. It's a discrepancy, but it's not exactly why Maryland won this game. Maryland didn't shoot well either. 34% from the field, 5 of 22 from 3, got out-rebounded 40 to 33. And when I see those stats, I had started looking at this and being like, oh, okay, I see how Indiana lost this game. Only scored 55 points. Maryland did some things to get to the foul line and get efficient scoring that Indiana just wasn't doing. But then you look at the things Indiana was doing. And I mean, what I just said, Maryland didn't shoot well, only made five threes, and Indiana out-rebounded him. If you put those three facts together and throw it in front of a Hoosiers fan, they're saying, hey, yeah, we win that game. We're good enough to win that basketball game every single time. At the very least, I wouldn't say that they'd say they'd lose by double digits, which is what happened here. So there's a lot of possible problems here. I'm not sure if I want to believe that it just was a bad shooting day for IU. I'm not sure if I want to believe that there is something legitimately wrong with this offense after I've seen them do so well over the past five games before. I'm not sure if I necessarily don't believe that IU is just a team that isn't that great and doesn't do well against good defenses. I don't know yet. I just think that right now I'm still waiting for, well, let's say like a Purdue game to really, really figure out and really expose whether or not this IU team is for real or not. Because on Saturday, that's what it's going to be, right? This is not only the game of the Big Ten season so far, it's also the biggest game of the season for IU before the postseason starts, the biggest rivalry that the Hoosiers have against the Purdue Boilermakers. And to be quite honest, it's a relationship in which IU is supposed to be the big brother, but Purdue has been the better team over recent memory. So you know Indiana is going to be ready for that game mentally. If they get destroyed on Saturday by Zach Eady and that Purdue team, you can't take too much away from Indiana. But I want to see them be competitive for me to be comfortable if I'm a Hoosier fan saying, all right, this team's ready for February. This team's ready to make a push in the last month and really get ready for the NCAA tournament. Because in this game against Maryland, it was a regression to the norm, a regression of going back to what had been poorly done by IU this season. And I think they're going to be working very hard up until Saturday to try and make, things, make sure things are fixed for the game against Purdue. On the Maryland side, very good win. I mean, Terps still certainly not off the NCAA tournament bubble by any means. So get that win, get themselves a boost. But this game, for me at least, was much, much more about what Indiana didn't do compared to what Maryland did. They're undefeated at home in the Big Ten. That stayed. They played well. They're a good team. It's a tournament team, if you ask me. But I know some other people have been having that debate. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, Iowa took care of Northwestern easily back on Tuesday, uh, 86-70 to 70 the final score. So the defense was really good for Iowa again, but I'll note again, only six players getting double-digit minutes. That's not going to work in the NCAA tournament, but the offense is really hot right now. And of course, you just stay with the hot hands when you can. It's not longevity that this team's going to have if it can't find more players who can play meaningful minutes consistently. Iowa's got stars. Iowa's got the top pieces that you need to be able to make an NCAA tournament run. But when you look at what it takes to go deep, deep in this tournament, like 
Iowa's Sweet 16 upset ready, right? Like we've talked about this before. They're in that kind of seven, eight, nine seed range where they're going to be facing a one, two, or three seed in the second round. They're a perfect team to get that kind of a second round upset because they can explode on offense, get themselves to the second weekend. If you want to have a team that's expected to get to the second weekend and maybe go further, you need more than what Iowa has. And I don't know if there's a fix for that by the end of the season, but I know that at the very least, I'm not a believer in being able to go deep in this tournament if you don't have the depth on the roster. Not even just because of the games you're playing over and over. That's not really even a big thing. People are playing two games a weekend. I'm talking about just in the ability to have consistent scores every time out. Everybody's hot right now. But there's going to be games where you have Chris Murray or anybody else just not having it. And who steps up in their place? Right now, Iowa is showing that they don't really have an answer to that. So that's my biggest thing for Iowa. Again, much more interested in figuring out what's going on with Iowa than what it is that's going on with Northwestern. Uh, if you're a Wildcat fan, basically, Northwestern got out-rebounded. They sent Iowa to the free throw line too much and didn't make enough threes to keep up with the hot shooting team that Iowa is. So let's look at a couple of the games we've got more to get into here on Big Ten, Locked On Big Ten. Purdue, Penn State. A couple of teams, of course, number one team in the country and a team right on the bubble. They faced off on Wednesday, and we've got more here to get into what happened in a 20-point loss for the Nittany Lions here in just a moment. Before we get into any of that, though, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because it's the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that can make betting on sports both fun and easy, too. All you have to do is go over to lock or fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on and get a new customer account. Once you do that and you make your first $5 bet, you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. That's $150 in free bets when you make your first $5 bet at fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel has all your favorite bets that you could want from Super Bowl coming up, Big Ten games getting more and more important, everything going on around college basketball heating up. So if you want to make sure that you have the bet that you want available to you, head on over to FanDuel and make everything matter more with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Also, when you're done with the program here, Locked On is headed to the Senior Bowl. They've been there with inside analysis from the hosts that have covered the NFL's next generation in college and you can find out which NFL draft boards these players are climbing all in one location. It's over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They had nightly live shows Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So you can go listen to those or, of course, just listen to today's episode of Locked On NFL Draft 2. They've got all sorts of info on what's going on over in Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Let's dive into some more action from this week in the Big Ten. Purdue beats Penn State by 20. Final score, 80 to 60. It was pretty obvious pretty early that this was not a game in which Penn State was going to have much of a chance. Uh, if you look at where we are at with Penn State on the bubble, this, of course, isn't a bad loss for them, but it still counts as a loss. And according to most places, they were right on the edge of that tournament bubble. So don't be surprised if there are experts putting them out after they had been in before this game. Yes, it's a loss to the number one team. So I don't expect it to hurt you much in the long term, though, too. Uh, Penn State fought to keep things 
pretty close here in the first half. I was impressed with the little run they made there at the end of the half. All of a sudden, things were back to six points at halftime. But then Purdue just kind of took over, uh, did what Purdue does. 24 to 21 to four run in the second half to start things out for the Boilermakers. And that was just about it. Put things at 20 point plus points for the lead and a 20 point game at the final. But I wasn't really all that disappointed by what I saw from Penn state. I didn't think they looked all that bad. Purdue is just another level of good. And that may be disappointing to hear if you're a Penn state fan, because, of course, you've had one these players with you for so long and becoming better and getting the respect that they deserve this season. And they just get kind of blown out by a team that I think everyone agrees is easily better than you. But at the same time, if you're a Nittany Lions fan or if you're just a Big Ten fan looking at this game from the outside, you have to understand that Penn State isn't really having the goal of making the national championship this year or anything. This team just wants to make the tournament. This is a Penn State team that has not made the NCAA tournament since 2011. That's big for a Power 5 school, and especially one in the Big Ten, and especially one with the name that Penn State has, even if this isn't football. So for them to have not made this tournament in 11 years and to be on the brink now means something. For this fan base that has been watching these seniors play with this team for years now, and they have never made an NCAA tournament, it means a whole lot to them. It's a little bit of a lesson on the perspective that you have here, because on Locked On Big Ten, we talk about the championship contenders primarily and teams on the bubble too. But when we're really getting down to things, it's all about who's actually going to be able to compete for that title. And Penn State isn't that team. But it is worth still noting that their season matters. And it matters a whole lot to them, because if they get to this NCAA tournament, it's one of the best Penn State teams in recent memory. I mean, let's be honest, it's already one of the best Penn State teams in recent memory, but it would be one of the best Penn State seasons in recent memory, definitively, if they can get to that goal. And you know, more obvious than anything, I'll get Zach Seiko on here and have him confirm it at some point soon, but you know that Penn State's only real goal this season is to make that tournament, and then whatever else happens is gravy, which is a weird angle to take if you're a Big Ten team, I know, but it's where some programs are at and you have to start somewhere. Penn State is on the right track. And with the last chance with these guys, I'm rooting for them. And I think you should be too. Before we finish up here on Locked On Big Ten, a reminder that Built Bar has everything that you need all packed into one little convenient-sized protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's everything from 130 calories only to four net grams of sugars and carbs only, while also packing in 17 grams of protein. You can get it all over at built.com with new flavors coming out every single day, it seems. It's not actually that often, but it seems like every time I head over to the site to take a look at what they've got, they've got new stuff up there for sale. So head on over to built.com to see some of the new flavors and innovations they have to make getting your protein just easier and more fun. And tastier, too, of course. At Built.com, it really is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Head on over to the website now and see what I'm talking about. All right, let's dive into the news from around the Big Ten before we wrap things up here today. Uh, we've got news on the football field. Wide receiver transferring within the Big Ten. Austin Kusher transfers from Ohio State to Iowa. Wide receiver played in three games for Ohio State. I believe I already told you about this one, actually. Yes. Yes, I did. I told you about that one on the last time, but a fresh reminder, Austin Kusher 
not Ashton Kutcher, Austin Kutcher headed to Iowa over Ohio State. Uh, also, Brad Underwood firing off on some poll voters for keeping Big Ten teams out of the top 25 rankings as of late. Uh, to be honest, I don't see very much of this. It was just something that made a couple of headlines over the course of the week. I don't think Underwood has too much to complain about with what his team has done this season and where they stand in the top 25 polls or the bracket rankings. There's plenty of Big Ten respect. I get it's not coming in the top 25 right now, but at the same time, Big Ten teams have done a pretty good job of beating up on each other, too. A Big Ten Saturday night football crew has been announced. NBC is getting college football rights to the Big Ten soon. We already knew that. And the new crew for the Big Ten Saturday night game is going to be on the play-by-play, Noah Eagle, color commentator Todd Blackledge, and Catherine Tappet as the sideline reporter. My buddy, you know, buddy Noah Eagle, Syracuse fellow classmate, now on the call for Big Ten games. We may have to get in contact with him, shoot him a text, see if he wants to come on before games and talk with us. Finally, in lacrosse, Maryland has been named the preseason favorites in the Big Ten. If you're a lacrosse fan, that probably doesn't come as a surprise to you. Maryland's a very good lacrosse team. They're followed up by Ohio State, Rutgers, and then Johns Hopkins, which is a Big Ten team in lacrosse in those preseason rankings. That'll be just about it here on Locked On Big Ten. Now that you're done here, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen. But head on over to Locked On College Basketball for your second listen of the day. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That'll be just about it for Locked On Big Ten today. I'm again, Nate Dickinson. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate with Sports and follow the show, more importantly, on podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you get, wait, on, on wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, and Twitter. I've been messing up a lot of these reads today. You can get it at Locked On Big Ten, one zero when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. Go give it a follow if you can find it through all the gibberish I've been saying here on the back end. Until next time, Nate Dickinson with Locked On.